recording from Boulder, Colorado on November 20th, 2016. It's Dr. Zen and the greatest of all sinners. I'm your host, Ray Gusnelli, here with our two main attractions, my brother, Paul Gusnelli, Dr. Zen. Happy to be here. Good morning. And the greatest of all sinners, Jeffrey Lawrence Whedon. So great to be with both of you. Great to be with both of you guys. You know we can patch in stuff on post-production, on like horn effects and stuff. Yeah, but you but, can't uh, get the alarum like that. There. Thank you very much for that. So, uh, yeah, it has been a couple of weeks. A lot has gone on in this great nation of ours over the past week or so, which we have not, to date, had opportunity to reflect upon, but we do today. Looking forward to get your thoughts on the election, but we're going to chat about a few other things before we do that. Always good to get your thoughts, Jeff, on sort of, uh, you know, what's gotten into your brain over the past few days. Paul, as the greatest of all sinners, I want to make you both aware. I said, Paul, I need both of the (laughs) Augustinelli brothers to be aware of an epidemic, perhaps pandemic, in our great nation. Mr. Robot spoilers. In season one, there is an earth-shattering twist. One that fools, in a hindsight sort of way, will say, come on, that's obvious, I knew that, I saw that coming, and so must everyone else on Earth, so much now that I will vomit this spoiler upon every citizen of Earth innocently responding yes to the ejaculation. Are you watching, Mr. Robot? Spoilers of every kind. You were a plague upon our planet, and greatly to be despised. I take my solace in the knowledge that all of my beloved and favorite characters will be there for me, for, the, for as long as it goes in Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, personally, I hate spoilers as well. There's probably a ring of hell dedicated to them. I don't know which one it might be. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, what I hate more than spoilers who sort of stumble into it are the guys who are like movie reviewers who say not to spoil anything, but yada, yada, yada. And then they'll say something that isn't maybe an explicit spoiler, but tells you exactly what it is you is, wish oh. you didn't know. Hypocritical spoilers. Hypocritical spoilers. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, gentlemen, as I'm growing older, I have a question for you. The percentage of time I walk around with my fly open is skewing gradually upward in a depressing manner. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) What's going on? I... (laughs) Well, I will just say... Two words. In fact, I think they're hyphenated. Button flies. Really? There is, there is a solution to this problem. Buttonfly jeans. You button them up, they will, the, the zipper will not fall down. I got two words, too, which is me too. Not on the buttonfly, oh. but on finding the fly down. Uh, down. Inexplicit. You're saying down, down right? Down. Yeah, down, down. Down. To the point where now I'm wearing these... Uh, rock climbing pants. I don't rock climb ever, never. <laughs> but they don't have flies. <laughs> They've got a Velcro belt. The, the two solution-oriented answers from first our host Ray Gustinelli, and then the doc, the greatest of all doctors ends. <laughs> right. That's perfect. Yeah, I solved it. Well, it's a big problem. It's a problem. That's what I'm bringing to you. The last is not a problem, but something I need your wisdom about, nevertheless. Okay. Yeah. Siri is so hot. Am I the only one? I don't even think having sex with Siri would be cheating. I'm right, right? I think the movie Her showed us that if you cheat on your girlfriend with a computer, the computer will cheat on you with another computer. 
Wow. That is the lesson. That's right. So that, and that's a spoiler that. if you haven't seen her. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Ironically. Yes. Well, so it's fascinating to me because I had this conversation with my wife and daughter this morning in preparation for this show, and they said that you two would both riff about her. And they both very clearly said that if I'm thinking of Scarlett Johansson when I'm with Siri, it is cheating. Well, I mean, your wife is the one who essentially gets to decide, I think, right? I mean, what? the answer to the question really is coming from her. I took is that as that Scarlett gets to decide all that. <laughs> I think am I missing that? <laughs> I think you're letting Jimmy Carter decide this because he's the one who said, if I'm, I, I've committed adultery in my mind, and everybody seemed to care about that. If it's <laughs> yeah, adultery right, in your mind, right. it's a thought. Right. It's a fantasy. It's not adultery. It's an idea. Right. He lost it in his heart. And maybe that's the question for you, Jeff. As you find Siri erotically attractive, is there lust? You're lusting after this this creature in your heart. Is there lust in your heart? What's the first subject? <laughs> you, you want to move on. You want to move on to the matters at hand. Let us move on to this time. The first uh, since, uh, since you asked, the first topic is one of the most eventful topics for this past week. I'm oh, sure everybody knows exactly. Can I riff off this? Please you, do. Ray Agostinelli is our host. You always bring us in that sort of thing. But I just want to say that we're in a safe place and it's yes. great to be uh, amongst friends yes. and amongst dear people if we're going to talk about something this serious yes. and something this important. It's good to be with people that you absolutely care and love and trust. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Okay, go ahead. I hope Please. this is a, a safe place where you guys feel that you can share your honest thoughts about the World Chess Championships. I do. They are, I do. Going, they are going on mm -hmm. this week. Um, they're not done yet. It's a three to three score. I mean, this is a competition which currently is pitting kind of a rock star Norwegian named Magnus Carlsen against a Putin loving Ukrainian named Sergei Karjakin. And how's that Ooh. for a name for that's a, my for a chess player or anybody else? Stage, that's, his, that's, his, that's his chess name. That's his chess <laughs> name, yeah. So now this seems like a classic Cold War type matchup, but there doesn't seem to be big interest in this event. And I am just wondering, is chess dead? And if so, is, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? What do you guys think? Well, I am not following the World Chess Championship, but the drama, the, the, the incredible charisma of the event. Chess is as vibrant and alive as Pinochle, guys. I mean, come on. Oh, I mean, our culture, okay. as we head farther and farther down this road of short attention span theater, it's obviously sports like chess that are really going to start to boom, right, in popularity. I mean, it's not like chess needs, you know, patience and deep thought, does it? Okay, maybe not. Of course, chess is dead. And of course, it's a bad thing. But it died when Deep Blue beat Garry Kasparov back in 1997. And I remember the Kasparov-Karpov battles back, you know, a few years before that. They were dramatic. They were compelling. They were amazing. Human against human. But when the computer took them down, uh, we don't have the... We don't have the interest, we don't have the depth of attention, and we, we just don't have the respect, frankly, if the humans can't beat the computers. Um, maybe it's a good thing that Kasparov went on to become an anti-Putin activist, so maybe there's a good collateral damage around the decline of chest in that sense. But final thing would be, all of us Star Trek fans, we were promised 3D chess. It's true. It is true. Where is it? 
I didn't know folks were still playing chess, um, which is good, good for me to know. Uh, the, bravo, by the way. Keep it up, guys. And I mean guys. Uh, computers, computers are to chess what concussions and loudmouth players are to American football. It's death. When reduced to a contest of not intellect and guile, but a memorization of thousands and thousands of moves, the curtain is pulled back to reveal that we see Deep Blue frantically pulling levers and pushing buttons. The current nationalism I like. That's fun and perhaps sustainable on the way the Olympics maybe tap into that dynamic, uh, but can't compare to the psychodrama of East versus West, bad versus good. Uh, chess competitors were in the past when the fears of nuclear holocaust and global conflict were first bubbling up to the surface of our ids and egos in the 50s and 70s. Now we're just left with this. Wow. That is very sad. So I guess it is indeed the death knell for the sport. We can date it as for Dr. Zen to uh, when Watson beat Kasparov. Um, so it's the rise of the machines, sadly so, for all of us humans out here. But in the same way, that video killed the radio star. I guess we have to say that AI Got killed it. Lo love, lo love the three to three tie with a game seven coming up. I mean, yeah. taking, a, taking a page from the World Series. It, well, it, it may be dramatic yet, so we'll keep our eyes What going. did AI kill? AI killed Chess Grandmaster. Ouch. Oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's, good. that's good. okay. We'll, we'll fix you it. You rehearsed first. that all week. <laughs> <laughs> and you blew it up. I got impatient. Hey, guys, let's talk about the election. Oh, let's. <laughs> there was one recently, and you guys are both students of history, I know, and you both have your very unique perspectives on the world and the way brains work and, the, and, and moral sensibilities and so forth. So it would be fantastic to hear your reflections on the elections, give us a little historical context, if you will. Is there an analogy you would make to other times and places to help our listeners and ourselves sort of uh, see see the world through a certain lens? Let Jeffrey Lawrence Whedon, the greatest of all centers, be a national unction in this very difficult time. Um, in this day of fear and hate, and uh, dear Gus and Ellie brothers, do not consider me now as an elegant conservative intending to plague you but as a rational creature, speaking the truth from his heart. In this was an election where everyone had to pull the election lever with one hand while firmly holding their nose with the other. In many ways, we were choosing between what we thought was a fool and or perhaps a criminal, but both dangerous in their own ways. When we were all certain Clinton would win, I would console my despairing, panicking, conservative friends with a friend, with the refrain, our republic will survive that the Republic has suffered worse and thrived, and I still believe that. Can we get some more horns from you? Uh, <laughs> thank you. I thought, I thought that was called for. And so you asked for some election thoughts and an analogy <laughs> regarding our recent presidential election. When in troubling and difficult times, our glorious Republic has found itself in the past outmatched, we occasionally look outside the box and outside the usual suspects and normal circles for a solution. Our beloved national father, George Washington, when our homegrown American leadership was found lacking in the American Revolution, turned it to one of the most American-sounding named heroes, Friedrich Wilhelm August Heinrich Ferdinand von Steuben, who served ably and artfully for us as an inspector general and major general and eventually Washington's most trusted chief of staff. 
Similarly, in our recent election, if perhaps accidentally, Republicans lucked out by having an outsider, a third-party candidate, forced upon the more abundant and archaic Republican Party platform, and were able to elect a lifelong Democrat who was not a Republican before, during, or after the election. Unfortunately, the Democrats, uh, through age-old political machinations and flim-flammery, successfully resisted their third-party independent that won, <coughs> almost won the Democratic na- uh, nomination. It turns out that the same shit different day, even the same shit different gender arguments were doomed this election in every way. Conservatives only hope that right-thinking, morally pure, angry, and stupefied liberals will continue to ascribe what happened to idiocy and racism and not legitimate revolution against a seriously flawed system. Then you can weep and gnash your teeth in four years as President-elect Kanye West and Vice President (laughs) Tom Brady are sworn in and folks of your ilk become hardcore survivalists and preppers (laughs) like those of my ilk. Kanye is our next Friedrich Wilhelm von Steuben. Von Steuben. Drum roll, please. Wow. (laughs) Fantastic. Thanks for those observations. Dr. Zen, So are you saying that Washington, our first chief of staff, was an immigrant from Germany? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my. Times have changed. (laughs) Um, spiritual historical context, Buddhism is, has always been out of the political power. Buddha himself didn't grow up in a democratic society by any means, and even early Zen masters were hanging around Tang Dynasty China, which was basically run by warlords and emperors, and they had no say in the operations of state. So it's always been kind of a disaffected class and a disaffected lineage in terms of political power and talking about things like that. Uh, And actually always looking at political power with a bit of a gimlet eye, if you will. As far as Trump goes, who knows? I mean, I'm, I actually, and I love your description, Jeff. I mean, you really, you really kind of get at the heart of, I think, the opportunity here and really not pinning, not putting words in his mouth. He's obviously had some toxic words that have come out of his mouth, but does he believe those any more than anything else he said? What we do know about him is he's a showman. On the most negative side of that spectrum, he's a con man and a charlatan who's working in his own interest. But on the other side, he's a showman who's galvanizing some emotions and values of certain number of people, and he's putting it out there. So we're, we really, I don't know what's going to happen. Nobody knows what he's going to say, what he's going to do. Um, a lot of people are scared about that, and that would be interesting to see kind of how he manages that fear. But I liked what I heard Werner Herzog say on the radio <laughs> the other day, which he said, and you guys, Germany comes from a recent totalitarian you know, uh, regime, you know, in that country. And he says the, the presidency will straighten Trump out. Mm. Whatever it is he's saying, the, the power of the institution, I think you were touching on this too, Jeff, the power of the institution and the power of the system hopefully will be strong enough to channel him into conscientious, responsible action. And that may be up and down the, up and down the political spectrum, but it hopefully won't be as you know chaotic and disastrous, uh, causing a lot of suffering for a lot of people. So I see him... As to put it in a historical context, yeah, let's Whoa. look at let's look at ancient Rome. Whoa, Le, whoa, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Trump, Silvio, as Silvio Berlusconi. We've <laughs> gone from ancient Rome, Bush the second as Nero, mm-hmm. to medieval Rome, Obama as Emperor Constantine, to modern Italy, Trump 
as Berlusconi, and we've done all that in 10 years. Whoa. Whoa. Nobody said we don't move fast around here. So let me riff off that for a second Please. because I think there's a lot there, and, and, and thankfully more that we agree on than we don't. Um, and I believe there's greatness in America, both in the past and in the future. And I believe that we are a city on a hill, for, to put a biblical spin on it, and has been, uh, it has been moving um, towards greatness in, in, in our nation. The problem is much of our re- national movements have been in the direction of greatness. Um, and those movements cannot be thrown out with the bathwater, including movements towards tolerance and inclusion. Uh, much of this country suffered through what they saw as a terrifying move towards a more powerful and imperial presidency which made no pretense uh, towards hearing more than half of the country. Ask a conservative friend, or if you don't know one, I can lend one to you, that will tell you about being shouted down early on in this election cycle by morally pure and right-thinking lefty friends to such a frightening degree that for the most part they kept their heads down, watched the debates, read the articles uh, with much trepidation, but spoke silently and powerfully in the voting booth. I'm not overly afraid of a Trump presidency for some of the wisdom that you spoke, Dr. Zinn. Our republic is well-suited to resist excesses from the executive branch, I think, particularly before the Bush tinkering and Obama's dismantling of checks on the uh, executive power. That was, that was what Republicans gave birth to that, and now Republicans can maybe put that thing to death. This election's divisiveness, I hope, will lead to pushback on that new model as president, as, uh, as king, that we all find dangerous and scary. So um, another quote from Pride and Prejudice uh, from Mr. Bingley, who optimistically states, <laughs> people themselves alter so much that there is something new to be observed in them forever. And we are all hoping for and most of us praying for. And I'm expecting many positive somethings new from Mr. Now President Trump, soon to be, and my love and hope for this country remain undiminished! Well, that is remarkable and insightful and wise comments from both you guys. Thank you very much. I'm going to give a toast here as we clink our water glasses and uh, we celebrate uh, a very keen perspective from both of you guys. Uh, Very wise, very deep. I love those guys. They're so good. (laughs) Are we peachy keen? Well, you're peachy keen. You're peachy keen if you want to be peachy keen. Okay, well, we have one more official topic um, for the podcast this week. We like to keep our eye on the intersection of the tech world and Wall Street. And there is, in fact, a filing of an IPO this week. Snap, the parent company of the app Snapchat, filed for a $25 billion IPO. Would love to get your guys' thoughts and predictions on this. Did you see this coming? Uh, when a service with disappearing photos was announced a few years back, a disappearing photos, it seems like such a small thing, and 25 billion seems like such a big number. It's cognitive dissonance, I must confess, for me. What do you guys think? <laughs> I did see it coming, uh, but I forgot it 10 seconds later. (laughs) Oh, cha-ching. I see what you did there. I'm going to shock you guys and let you know that I actually love Snapchat. Yes, I'm a 53-year-old guy who snaps every day with his 43-year-old girlfriend who lives out of state, and it's amazing. It does something that none of these other platforms do, and it hits a real nerve. I'm not talking about sexting. It's about having a conversation, a visual conversation with someone 
one. And you can string the 10-second chats together, by the way. So you can Whoa. go up to a minute or two if you want. And wow. them all together. Wow. I know. Well, and that's worth 25 billion. <laughs> 25 billion. <laughs> oh, okay. yes. I didn't know that. Okay. Not Keep just going. We're talking going. 30 seconds. <laughs> you can have a conversation. You have your side. They have their side. And it's all asynchronous. It can happen over half an hour. It can happen over an hour. Whatever the case may be. But none of the other platforms, your Twitters, your Facebooks, your text messagings, your phone calls, your Skypes, do it quite like this and it hits a great nerve. I, I love it and I think they're going to do well and I think they have the ability to do some really creative stuff with it. Okay. I, I never got you Snapchat. I never <laughs> understood Snapchat. To this day, I find the Twitter elevator pitch completely implausible, let alone Snap. No one will ever embrace this fetishism of truncation and ephemera. The only plausible uses for a service in which I can send and receive pictures that disappear quickly seem to be completely unwholesome and unredeemable. No, the greatest of all sinners will sit this IPO out and be proven right, just like I was with the Twitter IPO. Wait a minute. The, the vocabulary around this whole tech IPO sounds like it's all fake from some running comedy sketch. If Snap hits the high end of its prospective IPO, it'd be the biggest tech IPO since Alibaba raised a record $25 billion in September. That has got to be fake, right? Alibaba's not a thing, is it? <laughs> what is next? You're hitching ride in strangers' cars or sleeping in strangers' homes on air mattresses? I guarantee you it will never happen. Never. That said, human, human sexuality is such a mystery. <laughs> Whoa, and, and, segue. And I leave it to the Augustinelli brothers <laughs> to bring insight into the fact that I find such powerfully, erotically charged content in a recent commercial where a jilted, angry, sassy Nicki Minaj discovers a consumer stepping out with the snap icon <laughs> in a restaurant and cuckolds him. And they fight, and she winds up leaving for the evening with snap. Am I the only one aroused at that scenario? I've never been able to wrap my head around Twitter as a multi-billion dollar company. It's hard for me to wrap my head around Snap. Uh, well, first things first, I think the answer is yes, you're the only one aroused by that scenario. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and I think it should be it should be said. <laughs> I think it should be it should be said that uh, uh, you've now confessed to uh, erotic leanings towards uh, Siri, uh, yeah. voice, and then well, the Snapchat icon as well. So just a pattern. you know, as you know, th there is a confessional quality to the podcast in general, and this one in particular. So just a little bit of a warning as we get into our, our final thoughts here, Jeff. That uh, you're, you're being quite revelatory. What are you saying? What are you saying? I'm, I'm saying. Uh, I'm, Don't make it weird. I'm not. not I'm saying nothing <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh wait. Let me hit you with something else, okay? I'll Please change do. the subject. Please do. Right? Since it seems to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> regarding something that's likely to be bigger than Amazon and Uber and plastics put together, I'm starting a new company giving you guys, the beloved Augustinelli brothers, a golden opportunity to get in on the ground floor. It's a little line of men's charm bracelets and charms. I call it Mandora. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And so you have kind of a leather strap around you. We don't call it a bracelet. The charms include little charms of sports team charms, the obligatory bullshit stuff your girlfriend slash wife slash partner will require to be on there with your kids and stuff. Your favorite swimsuit <laughs> models uh, or a favorite Kardashian or Lily from the AT&T commercials. But mostly sports and nerd-related stuff. Yeah, okay. uh, let's talk mm -hmm. after the show yeah. about the level of your immediate and substantial financial commitment. 
I like it. Will, will we have Mandora um, double trading parties where we get together? Yes, and, and I'm, sure. Little, yeah, charm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Over wings and yeah. beer uh-huh. at some uh-huh. very uh-huh. manly establishment. Right. Right. I am ready to write a check. I'll let you write. I'll tell you right now. I'm ready to write a check. And not for some garbage like Snap. This is a business. Yeah. This is a business model. With a future. Right. Based on Melina Vintrude. You can't. You can't lose. Who? Please. Uh, she's the Lily from the AT and T commercial. Oh, the uh, saleswoman for the. She's good, actually. She's a good, good actress, charming girl. So I get it. Make fun of Jeff. I'll show. Is that is that what this is? <laughs> just take my stuff and just knock it down. Is that what, is well, that what I, this is? I, I, uh, you might be realizing that that is what the whole show is built on that concept. So it's not just today's episode. You weren't supposed to tell him. I don't know. No, you are a force of nature, Jeff. So you ebb and you flow, and what we're trying to do is just not be run down by the by the hurricane and and wow. the winds. We we are that enjoying like, the ride. We are a, enjoying the ride. Three way mixed <laughs> metaphor, right there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you had a river, a hurricane, and a truck. Right, right. <laughs> it's the, it's 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 the most mixed up segue in the history of the world. Yeah. And now my closing thoughts. Right? <laughs> Please, pop quiz. To the Augustinelli brothers, I challenge each of you to name a retail establishment more poorly named than the dress barn. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, on the spot. Pretty bad. I'm going to go with, and I don't know why this is bad. You tell me. Cracker Barrel. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's a terrible. One. I think it's the word cracker in there, and the uh, the appeal to a certain sort of Southern culture that uh, I see. Oh, I, I have to explain it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we get it. Love the cheese. Love the cheese. I'm gonna go with Red Robin. Red Robin. As I fa- as far as I understand, another Red- sponsor bites the dust. Yeah, please. Red- yeah, well, hey, you win some, you lose some. But Red Robin is a burger joint, right? Okay. I've I have never associated a Robin in particular, or any bird for that matter, with a hamburger. Or they're a very no. tasty. It's Robins. signal conflict for me. It's signal <laughs> conflict. It's cognitive dissonance. I think it's bad branding and. I think it, I think that, I think it's a bad name. I think the message is the birds are happy that you're eating the cows. Yeah, Chick Fil A sort of inversion. Yeah, oh, yeah. Chick Fil A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Campaign, quite okay. Frankly. Yeah. Since you uh, just blew up two sponsors of ours, and it might be a third. Let's let's get uh, great idea for a new sponsor. Yeah. Podcast our podcast National Geographic History Magazine. Ooh, oh, I love yeah. that magazine. Yeah, it's, it's smart. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's interesting. I love it. My daughter gave it to me as a gift last Christmas. I've been freaking out about it ever since. What magazine would you hope would sponsor the podcast? I go with one of my favorites, and I think right in line with our theme is Doctor Zen and the Greatest Fall Sinners, Heretics Daily. What? Whoa, heretics! You this is not know. weekly. This is this is daily. daily. Yes, daily. yes. Sure Did you not thing. know there's that amount I'm of heretism? I, th- I think before we ask for a sponsorship, I should subscribe and see what comes in the mail That's every a, day. Holy yeah, cow! Yeah, comes in a brown wrapper. Holy <laughs> I'm cow! Telling you that. I'm going to give a shout out and uh, hope that we might get an endorsement from the Baffler, which is an online magazine dedicated to uh, politics and culture and uh, trends and tech and stuff like this. Very well written, very insightful, long form, a little bit more long. Form journalism than your normal, you know, listicles and very short articles. So it'd be great to have yeah, those I guys on board. I think a lot of our listeners would prefer that we were less long form. Yeah, in right. our, but that's that's. I love those two. Reach out to your people mm-hmm. and see what we can do about that. Yeah, I don't really understand the hymen. Uh, it never. <laughs> 
It never seems it never seems to come up with my female friends, and and I know I know I should just Google it, but I'm terrified of winding up on some local or FBI watch list and seeing things for which perhaps I will never unsee. So I think it's just going to remain a mystery to me. <laughs> I'm at a loss for how to respond to that observation. Let's finish with this. So I have, I have another message, plausibly from one of our dear listeners, Cassandra from Islington. Cassie! Which is, I guess places. is from the United Kingdom. It is. Uh, as every word that drips from the mouths of the Augustinelli brothers and the greatest of all sinners is like ambrosia to me and all your faithful listeners... Would the three of you please consider live streaming your lives in a a way perhaps using Google Glass or the new Snap Spectacles, your little cabbage Cassie? So what I want to say is, you know I love coining phrases and terms and everything. Would you guys be up for live streaming your lives in a way that serves our people? I, I would be up for live streaming for you, Cassidy, but I'm Cassie. I'm Ca- Cassie. Cassie. I'm Cassandra. I'm, I, I'm. I'm. I'm afraid that you might be disappointed that although I do drool, I don't drool ambrosia. <laughs> and you're probably going to be able to k- pick up on that because ambrosia mm-hmm. actually glows in a video feed, and you're, it's going to be clear that it's that that it's not that. Also, I spend a lot of time silently sitting in meditation and and since you're all about the ambrosial words that <laughs> you're right it, it does I, sound terrible I, it sounds terrible yes I'm, I'm, I'm apologizing in advance our host Ray Augustinelli <laughs> yes well I, I, I can I, we live stream I will say yes I'm just going to come right and say yes I volunteer to do this if there's an audience for it that's a big if because although my life may not be quite as boring as Dr. Zendik alluded to the fact he's spending a lot of time staring at walls, literally, in silent contemplation. My life is, I believe, crushingly boring <laughs> to uh, <laughs> a, a, a regular uh, watcher out there. So, uh, <laughs> we're out with the music! It's beautiful! All right, everyone. Outro! Yeah. <laughs> we're going to uh, get a little bit of the Rolling Stones uh, actually injected into this. Um, before we, we uh, just say uh, absolutely, I'm, I'm willing to go ahead and, and put my life on the line wow. on video uh, with the, the, the heavy-duty warning that I don't think it's going to get a lot of views or listens, and I think it's going to make me feel bad when it doesn't. Well, but I, I'm willing to take I, that bull. I'm How certainly you, going Jeff? to. How, How about, about you, Jeff? I would Can love we watch to do it. You? I'd love to do it. I'll probably start with watching the uh, of, uh, YouTube of the Jim Belushi uh, Saturday Night Live chess sketch, where he's uh, the screaming, vociferous, football-like chess co- coach, because that would inject some real life into chess. I'll start with that, and we'll see where we go, because you know it's going to be great. You know it's going to be sexy. You know it's going to be brilliant. If you're looking at a live stream of Jeff Lawrence, we yeah. the greatest of all sinners. Indeed we do. That will be coming soon. <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to be a wrap for this week. It's been fantastic talking with you guys, as always. Looking forward to getting together sometime soon, probably after the Thanksgiving Happy holiday. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. Happy Thanksgiving Happy to holiday. you guys. Good to see you, Jeff. Good to see you guys. All right. All right, guys. It's a wrap. Thanks a lot. <laughs>